Good evening. A warm welcome to the service this evening. And I'll now ask uh, Donald to come and lead us in prayer in Gaelic, please. Signor Nicolai, I ever ask for a man, you know. Thank God, I shall not hide and show a yes, because she'll call it a kill. Thank God, I shall not be there and never death billing, because she'll never tell me a rock or a tally. Where I could be telling you, Junkin de Gest, Eddie Goo, see who he falls. Junkin de Gummechlos, I shouldn't manage Mashanakoli and all, but at the Chroma to Clos and Waskar Nunsin, or I shouldn't purgus annual of a genatianish. I can Kraus, <laughs> Ach, 
Ach, 
If you could turn now in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to read, uh, as we have done over uh, the past few months now, a couple of months now, uh, the, the passage where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray uh, from verses 5 down to verse 15. Um, but tonight I'm going to read not from the NIV. Uh, you've got the NIV on the screen. Uh, most of you have the ESV, I think, in the, in the chairs, although there's a mix of NIV and ESV and um, New Living. Um, and there's some authorised versions as well uh, that I see people with. And I'm going to read from the authorised version tonight, the King James Version tonight. And the reason I'm going to read uh, from the King James Version tonight is that the, the half verse that I want to take as our text and study, uh, you won't find in the NIV. And uh, you won't find it in the ESV either. Uh, if you look in the footnotes in your Bible, you'll see uh, that uh, there'll be a footnote that directs you to the bottom of the page that will give you the half verse that we're going to focus on. Um, but it's not in the main body of the text for a lot of the, 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 the versions that we're, that we're familiar with. Uh, so the, the, the key phrase in question uh, that we're familiar with through the, the Lord's Prayer as we say it uh, is uh, found at the end of verse 13, uh, where it says, Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And you might ask the question, why is it that there's a variation between the NIV and the ESV and the, the King James Version? Um, why is it that all the, 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 the translations aren't the same? And the reason is that there's some variation between the, the ancient manuscripts that were used to, to um, uh, translate the Bible. So there's not total uh, agreement amongst the translators uh, over whether this form is part of the Lord's Prayer or, or whether it doesn't. Now, if that causes you alarm, it shouldn't, uh, because I think actually what this does is it helps us to, to have even more confidence that we can trust God's Word. You know, I think it illustrates the fact uh, that with the Bible, there's no cover-ups, there's no forced harmonies, there's no kind of trying to force uh, everything uh, into the, uh, the, one, the one box. If there's a question about the text, it's not covered up, it's not hidden. 
highlighted. Uh, and we're told there is a question over uh, this half verse. Uh, and there's a debate over whether it should be in or whether it should be out. So let's uh, read the, the, the verses from uh, verse 5 to 15 of uh, Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their much speaking. But be not, uh, be not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Amen. So you can think this out. Um, I'm not going to get into the sermon just just yet. We'll get there in a in a second. But um, I, I lay this out before you so you can think it through. Some of you might be studying um, beyond the sermons, before the sermons, and you might have a, a clear position on whether you think this half verse should be in or whether it should be out. If you're somebody who who thinks that the that the half verse. Uh, that we're focusing on uh, should be out. Um, and if you're thinking, uh, is there any uh, merit in studying this tonight, uh, then I, I would say yes, there is. I think it should be in. That's just my own personal view. I think it, uh, it fits with the whole prayer. Uh, it seems to flow uh, with the, uh, the, the course of the prayer. Uh, it's a prayer that starts with a focus on God. And when we have this half verse at the conclusion, it, it brings us back to focus on God. It goes full circle. But even if you think it's, it, it's a, a verse that should have been left out by the translators, it's still a biblical prayer. And uh, if you turn just for a second to First Chronicles chapter 29, uh, we have a, a record of a prayer of David. And we hear in uh, the Lord's Prayer an echo of, of this prayer that we have from First Chronicles. So verses 10 to, to 13, uh, it says there, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, O Lord God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks 
and praise your glorious name. So you see the connections there between that prayer and what we have in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so we see that this is a, a thoroughly biblical prayer uh, that we're looking at in, the, in this verse that we're zooming in. Uh, let's pray as we turn back to God's word. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to come uh, to the God who is the Ancient of Days in prayer. Uh, knowing that you hear our prayers, knowing that you answer our prayers. Knowing, Lord, that your desire is that we would come and pray. We thank you for the awesome uh, privilege also of, of having Jesus uh, Christ, your Son, our Saviour, as our teacher in prayer. So help us, Lord, as we, as we think through the, the words of Jesus to, to be given understanding, uh, to once more know the help of the Holy Spirit, and to be guided and directed in our own prayer lives, so that, we, so that what we hear, we wouldn't just understand in our heads, but we would, we would uh, practice in our lives, that we would be not just hearers of the word, but that we would be doers of the word, and be those who are much in prayer. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. A common cry of protest uh, in most houses uh, where there are children is uh, the cry, mine. That's mine. You know, in the early years, uh, children, if there's two or three in the house, will we'll, we'll maybe fight over things like sweets and, and toys. Um, and then as the years roll on, uh, one might think that the fights would stop. Um, but the reality is, people tell me, um, that uh, the, the fights, uh, they just continue, but they, they fight over different things. It used to be toys and, and sweets. Now it's things like shoes and uh, uh, clothes and shampoo and conditioner and face creams, etc. You'll hear the protests from the, the bathroom. Put that down, that's mine. But it's not just young people. We shouldn't, we shouldn't just pick on them. Uh, older people continue uh, throughout the course of life to, to, to cry out, that's mine. I mean, when we think about our uh, community, uh, uh, villages and islands, and, I mean, how many disputes uh, can we think of that are ongoing because uh, two guys are standing over the same square yard of, of land saying through solicitors' letters, that's mine. And then if we widen the angle of the camera a bit more uh, and think even about the international uh, level, how, how many wars have been fought because two countries are looking at the same strip of land, the same natural uh, resources, and they're both saying, that's mine. And our default setting, because of our, our sin and our, our self, is to think in terms of mine. We look at things and we think, mine. But, but Scripture as a whole, uh, and this phrase in particular that we're focusing on tonight, it, it calls us to think uh, not in terms of what's mine, but it, but it calls us to think in terms of what is thine. It calls us to think uh, about what belongs to God. And we read in the, in the verse, uh, the second half of, of verse 13, uh, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And in this final phrase in the, in the Lord's Prayer, as we, as we know it, um, our focus is, is once more taken off ourselves and it's placed back on God. And in this uh, final phrase in the, in the Lord's Prayer, uh, we're reminded of who we're praying to. The last section uh, 
that this verse, thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, uh, this is not a petition, this is not a request where we're, where we're asking that, uh, that the kingdom and the power and the glory should be granted to God as if he didn't already own it. No, this is a, a statement of faith. It's a, a proclamation of, of worship. and it's, it's an expression of truth about God. We're saying uh, to him in prayer, thine is the kingdom, thine is the power. Thine is the glory. And not just today, but forever. So be it. Amen. And when we think about that, and when we think about that, uh, that truth, it brings confidence to our prayers. Uh, Montgomery Boyce, the commentator, says, All too often we find ourselves doubting that God really is able to take care of us. And we worry about our own little kingdoms, our power and our glory. How foolish when we know that his kingdom is certain, uh, his power is sufficient for all situations, and his glory ultimately will prevail. So as we focus on on the God whom we uh, come before in prayer once more, uh, as we see the nature and the attributes of God in this verse, we're reminded of, of why we pray, and we're reminded of how right and how fitting and how effective uh, prayer is. I was listening to, to George uh, Barney as he preached here last uh, Sunday. I think he said in the morning and the evening that in every passage that we come to in Scripture, we should be asking the question, what is this telling me about God? And in this uh, half verse that we're looking at, uh, uh, we, we see that God is king. It's the first point. And God is powerful. That's the second point. And God is glorious. And finally, God is eternal. So let's think through these uh, uh, four things just briefly. Uh, First of all, God is king. For thine is the kingdom uh, we are taught to to pray. So so who is God? He is king. He is the ultimate sovereign. Uh, He reigns, he rules uh, over all. Not over just some. Not over uh, some small pockets of land. uh, like a monarch might do in, in a country, but he is the ultimate sovereign. He is the ruler over all things, not people. Uh, R.C. Sproul says, the kingdom of God is not my kingdom or your kingdom. It's his kingdom, his sovereign rule. He reigns supreme over all things and his kingdom shall have no end. And that's what we sang just a, a few minutes ago in the, in the hymn. Uh, that uh, we had just a a moment ago. Uh, We sang these words, Though the nations rage, kingdoms rise and fall, there is still one king ruling over all. So I will not fear, for this truth remains, that my God is the Ancient of Days. None above him, none before him, all of time in his hands. For his throne it shall remain and ever stand. Who is God? who is the one that we come to in prayer, uh, he, he is king. And we hear that uh, truth also coming through at high volume in, in Psalm 24. We, we sang the first part of Psalm 24. We'll come to the, uh, the last part at the end of the, of the service. And uh, the, the psalm begins with that assertion that God is king, he's owner uh, over all. The earth belongs unto the Lord and all that it contains, the world that is inhabited and all that there remains. And then as the psalm comes to a climax, uh, there is uh, that response to the sovereign 
uh, rule and reign of God. Uh, we, we have it in verses 7 to, to 10 of the psalm. Ye gates lift up your heads on high, ye doors that last for aye. Be lifted up that so the king of glory enter me. But who of glory is the king? The mighty Lord is this. Even that same Lord that great in might and strong in battle is. And so the psalm goes on with that uh, strong, powerful declaration. In praise that God is King, and that's something I think that we we need to we need to constantly have in our in our vision. God is King in a world that's so full of chaos, in a in, in a world where our experiences sometimes can cause us uh, to to feel anxious. It's a great thing to remember: God is King. Who is ruling over us? Is it? Is it the Prime Minister? Is it the First Minister? Is it, is it the Queen, we ask? Well, you know, ultimately we're taught, as the Lord's Prayer comes to an end, that the one uh, ruling over us is God. Uh, he is our King. And as we pray, I think our prayer should uh, reflect that. We, we don't pray as if God was at our service, you know, ready to attend to our every whim. Sometimes uh, people uh, speak about prayer almost as if, uh, it's like a, a magic lantern and we come to God with a shopping list and we just say, I need this, that and the next thing. And yes, there are arrow prayers that we can shoot up when we're uh, in, in times of, of great alarm. But uh, when we come uh, before God in prayer, when we close the door, we go to the quiet place uh, and we come to God in prayer, uh, we, we have to remember that we are speaking to the king. We bow reverently uh, before the king and then as we rise from prayer and as we set priorities for our lives as we live out our lives we we are to live remembering that we are we are subjects of the king we're servants of the king so as we pray thine be the kingdom we're we're seeking first the, the kingdom of god and we want to live to to glorify him you know i, I wonder if we just take a second to think very um, searchingly and practically, I wonder if, if our diaries uh, were to be opened by a stranger and uh, the way we use our time was examined, would they, would they be able to see that Jesus is our king? Or if our bank accounts were, were to be audited and the way that our, our, our money was used was, was examined, would people be able to see uh, that Jesus is our king? If our devices were to be opened up and uh, uh, the apps and the websites that we're regularly uh, in and out of were, were, were to be checked, uh, would it be apparent to the person looking that Jesus is our king? Are we living our lives seeking first uh, his kingdom? God is king. That's the first point. The second point uh, is, is God is powerful. And just following the thread of the verse, uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power. And the Greek word there that's, uh, that's uh, used for power is the, is the word dynamis. I'm no Greek expert, but it's, it's the word dynamis that the commentators uh, tell us. Uh, and that's the word uh, from which we get our word dynamite. So as we pray this concluding verse, we're being taught that the one uh, we come to in prayer, uh, he is powerful. Uh, he is the source of all power, and his power is like dynamite. 
It's not some low charge power that might go through a cable. It's dynamite power, explosive power. And I think probably most of us haven't seen uh, dynamite or felt the, the force of dynamite up close. You know, but if we go to a quarry uh, up the road or, or, or the other way, we see the evidence of it. We see the blasts of dynamite and, and, and how, they, how they blast through rock faces. And, and that's just a poor illustration uh, of, of the fact that, that, that God is powerful. He is dynamite. And if we really want to see uh, the power of God in evidence, then we're to look to Jesus. Open the Gospels again. You know, read through the Gospels, these eyewitness accounts of the, the life and ministry of Jesus. He is the, the one, he's the only one who had the, the, the power to, to drive back illness and disease and, and make people who were terminally ill well. Uh, he's the, the one who was able to, to, to cast out demons when, when no one else was able to touch them and bring peace to souls that were deeply troubled. He's the one, remember, who, who in the midst of the storm is able to speak a word and calm everything. And he's the one who, who went to the cross and had the power to overcome sin and Satan and death and hell. No one else could. But the God who is powerful, he could and he did. So anyone uh, looking at the, 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 the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus uh, could plainly see uh, that, that in him was ultimate dynamite power. That was used for good and, and not for evil. That was used for salvation and not for exploitation. And when uh, we see that, when we uh, are reminded of the, the fact that God is powerful, what an encouragement there is to pray, that we can connect in prayer and speak uh, to the God who is all-powerful and say, help me in my weakness. I remember back uh, in the days before we had a, an expert BT engineer in Harris, uh, when you had problems with BT, there were severe problems. And uh, we had a problem in, in Kailas. We could not get a, a phone line and the internet connected. And for months and months and months, uh, we tried and we tried and we tried uh, to get this, this line active. I lost count of how many people I spoke to in BT uh, when I told them the same story over and over again. Uh, and I seemed to get nowhere. And then one day, I can't remember who gave me this number, but somebody gave me uh, the number of, of uh, some uh, man in a head office. So I phoned this man, a Liverpudlian man, answered the phone. Uh, I told him the problem. Uh, he listened to the problem. And within a few hours, everything was sorted. Because he had uh, the power to help and he was willing to help. And when we pray, we come to the God who is powerful. The God who listens. The God who cares. The God who is able and, and willing to help us. That's why the psalmist uh, said in, in Psalm 116, which we sang, I love the Lord because my voice and prayers he did hear. I, while I live, will call on him who bowed to me his ear. Or think of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians uh, chapter 3. Uh, he's, he's separated from the Ephesians, but he's praying for them. And listen to the prayer that he shares uh, with them. I won't direct you to there. I've got watch time here, but uh, listen to this prayer that Paul prays. He says, for this, this reason, I kneel before the Father uh, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power 
through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now says Paul to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, the Apostle Paul, even though he's not able to get to Ephesus at this point, even though he's not able to to rub shoulders with them, he brings them to the throne of grace. He comes to the God who is powerful, And he prays. David the psalmist, he he has many problems in in his experience in life, but uh, time and time again he's found in the place of prayer because he knows God is powerful. And when we uh, know and believe that God is powerful, uh, that's fuel for our prayers. We're encouraged to pray. When we forget this, we tend to to be reliant on our methods and our meetings and our programs and our techniques. We might have uh, intimation sheets that are rammed full of a thousand different things that we're trying to do and the prayer meeting is empty. But when we remember that God is powerful, yes, we use methods, yes, we use techniques, yes, we are active in God's service, uh, but we saturate everything in prayer knowing that the God who is powerful is able to work. So God is king, God is powerful. Uh, Thirdly, God is glorious. And we haven't uh, got much to say in the last two points. I'll be brief. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Now, when do we use the word glorious? The kids were here, they would would tell me, but it would take too long. When do we use the word uh, glorious? Uh, Well, actually not that often. You think it would have. I don't think I I use the word glorious very often. You know, occasionally you open the curtains, the sun's streaming in. You know, it's a, an amazing sunrise. It's a crisp, clear day. And we might say, what a glorious day it is. Or some nights we look up uh, and it's clear uh, and, and the, the moon is bright and the stars are twinkling. And, and we say that the, the, the sky is so full of glory. It's glorious tonight. The atheist looks up at, at these things and uh, there's a, a suppressed kind of frustration because they don't know where to direct their praise. They're moved within themselves, but they don't know what to do with it. But here as we come to the end of, of this prayer, we're taught that the, the glory of creation, the, the glory that we uh, see in the creation around us, uh, it abides within the creator. It comes from the creator. Uh, we, we learn uh, as this uh, prayer comes to an end that God is glorious. And all we see around us Uh, It's testimony to that. And if we want a a clearer uh, evidence of the glory of God, we look to Jesus. John 1.14, you can check it later. speaks about the glory of Christ. We see glory in in the person of Christ. Uh, Go to John 17 later and and read that. And as Jesus advances towards the cross, uh, he speaks uh, about uh, the glory that will be seen in him as he lays down his life for, for our salvation. God is glorious. And the staggering thing is that in prayer, uh, we get to meet with him. We get to speak to him. We, we get to listen to him. We get to connect with him. We get to abide in his presence. And when we remember that, it transforms our prayers. 
Our, our prayers go from, from being a, a tick box exercise of, I must get this done today, to, to, to being filled with awe. Because we remember we are meeting with God. God is glorious. And the final thing, in just a word, is God is eternal. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Ecclesiastes 3 uh, verse 11 says that God has put eternity into uh, the hearts of men and women and boys and girls. Uh, the eternal God uh, has put uh, that eternal dimension uh, into, our, into our hearts. And that's what makes us different from the animals. That's what makes us uh, ask these questions about where we've come from and where we're going and what we're here for. It's God that's, that's planted all these questions deep within our hearts. So, so what do we do with these questions? Where do we go with these questions? How do we process them? And the answer is in, in prayer. Uh, these questions that are uh, deep within us are questions that we can think through and work through in prayer. Because it's in prayer that we who are in time are able to meet with and commune with the God who is eternal. It's in prayer that we enter into this relationship uh, with the eternal God. A relationship which begins here in time and knows no end. And how was that relationship made possible? Uh, well, not because of anything in us. It was made possible through Jesus. He came from eternity into time to deal with our sin, to close the gap between man and God so that we can know the eternal God. And that relationship actually begins when we call upon his name and we do that in prayer. So let's be encouraged this evening uh, to pray. You know, maybe there's someone here or somebody watching uh, who, who is not yet in a relationship with with this God who is eternal and who is powerful and who is glorious and who is king. How can that change? It can change in three seconds through one prayer. We look to Christ. We believe that he is God the Son. Uh, we confess our sin. We trust in him. We say to him, Lord Jesus, take my sin away. Come into my life. Save me. And if we mean that from our hearts, that prayer brings us into a relationship with uh, the God who is eternal, the God who is glorious, the God who is powerful, the God who is king. So be encouraged to pray. I'm going to ask Jim uh, to come and close in a word of prayer, please. Let's pray together. Our loving Father, we bow before your holy throne at this time and we thank you for what we have heard tonight. We thank you, our God, for what you are. Thine indeed is the kingdom. Yours is all the power. Yours is all the glory. I pray, Lord, that as we leave this place tonight, that your Holy Spirit might accompany each one of us. And in each of our hearts, Lord, we might indeed enthrone you. And we might leave this place knowing that we are in your hand and that we have committed our lives completely to you. We pray, Lord, that in this place tonight that not one will be lost. In our first singing, Lord, we spoke about the pains of hell. We ask our God tonight that for each person here and for our families and our loved ones and those we care about, that they will not experience that, but they will indeed walk with Jesus and know that there is a place prepared 
for each one of us. Thank you for Calvary tonight again, Lord. Thank you for the sacrifice that you made. The great king, the creator, bowed the knee, was humiliated and beaten and put upon a cross. Shamed, he took my sin, he took our sin, and he offers us tonight pardon, peace, redemption. So we ask tonight, our Father, at his belief, that his kingdom might increase and his name indeed might be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.